Welcome back, Inebriite. Um, yeah, man. So, like, almost 200 episodes ago, we were in, in the, the dark days of COVID, and we were starting to interview people that... When this whole podcast thing started, I, I was like, I'm only going to interview people when I can be in the room with them. And then COVID hit. And I'm like, all right, well, that's going to change. And um, we got to talk to so many cool people. We just kind of kept it up. And episode 180, and we're now like pushing 370 something. Um, we had Rishi from Elephant Stone and he's back, man. Like, welcome back to the show. Awesome. That's good. good to be back. Yeah. Um, so I, like we talked very briefly before we started and like, I can't believe it's been that long. Like it doesn't feel like it. Yeah. <laughs> and then in some ways it feels like it was a lifetime ago. So you guys have a new album coming out. Um, was it February 24th? Is that the right? Uh, February 23rd. Yeah. 23rd. That's pretty yeah. close. So is this, I mean, we, we were talking way back about, writing and recording while in lockdown is this kind of a, a product of all that i guess so i mean you can't have not lived through that and not have it influence your life and art um yeah i mean not to talk about COVID again but i know right <laughs> <laughs> like it's over ish it's over but it's yeah. it's it's imprints there i mean like over COVID, like like you said you you kind of had to transition to stuff more right you had to do the podcast like talk to people this way over yeah. zoom rather than in the room and for me it was like i kind of i had more time so i kind of was like well i gotta start i already i already do a lot of stuff myself like i have my own label like and it's yeah. myself i do this that. but like for recording and mixing and stuff i mean i was like uh for hollow the album we spoke about mm -hmm. um previously that was recorded at my home studio where i am right now but i mixed it elsewhere and uh so over covid i kind of decided i need to figure out how to mix my own stuff so i like what did i do i recorded a french record a french ep oh okay at, at my home studio i like because that was the thing my drummer was always like we sh we're from montreal quebec like it's french yeah. And uh, he was always like, we should do something in French. And so during COVID, I'm like, why not? <laughs> I was like, I got time to like do this. And it was hard, man. Like writing and in, in French and singing in French was kind of a mindfuck. It was like, I, I, I found I had a completely different voice when I sang in French. So it's like, oh, oh, weird. Yeah. Oh, it's a different sounding language. So obviously yeah. when you're singing, you emote differently and you're, you're, this, everything sounds different and it's just funny i was just like oh this actually works and but i actually mixed that in my studio i did a remix of hollow as an orchestral soundtrack thing for a movie i made a movie as well a 10 minute movie <laughs> oh, okay <laughs> and uh and then yeah so when it came time for this album what was this i had no intention of doing the album myself again like recording and mixing but I just kind of was like, I just had to go for it, and and I went for it. So I forgot what your question was, but <laughs> uh, I mean, it, it's more just kind of like uh, I don't know, like it, it was it was so weird to go back and listen to the episode, which I don't I don't normally do. Every once in a while, I'll like check out an episode to like check on the audio quality, 
Um, and it, it's, it's such a, like you were in a weird, like turning point when you came on the show last, because we were just like really kind of getting in our groove. It took us like a hundred and some odd episodes, but, um, like it was getting to that point where, you know, when we started, we were talking with our friends and then friends of friends and then friends of friends of friends. And now, you know, I talked to total strangers from all over the world and it's gotten to this weird point where we've had people on the show and then like my producer has met them in, you know, a, a second time and I'll be like, Oh, Hey Tom, how's it going? And, and my producer will be like, Oh, it's nice to meet you. And I'd be like, you've already met him before he's been on the show. <laughs> so it's like, it's, it's, it was weird to go back and re-listen because it was like sort of like, Oh, I remember this conversation, but at the same time being like, I don't remember any of like these topics that we touched on. Yeah. And um, it was such a weird time, but yeah, it was just kind of like, I don't know, man, it, it was, I feel like you could hear it in our voices kind of just being like, I don't know where it's all going. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I mean, like you asked about this. Uh, I think the question was about the album and how yeah, and was, how it was influenced, influenced by COVID. Yeah. And yeah, man, I mean, hundred oh, percent. I mean, uh, I, I think this one song on the album. Actually, it's funny. I was actually talking to my publicist and uh, my Canadian publicist. She was asking me to, for me to do a track by track of the album, and uh, so I'm kind of revisiting each song now and yeah. like what's the inspiration I'm like wow and this one song on our own it's uh near the end of the album i think it's the second to last track and it's literally i remember thinking about the song during just post covid kind of like it's like i think the word the opening line is lost in all the memories that we're missing it's kind of like about being home with my wife and my kids and during COVID and kind of thinking of all the things we could be doing, but we're yeah. not. Yeah. And also being happy that we're all healthy and okay. So that's kind of what the song is. And so I realized a lot of the songs and then like the last song on the album is called another year gone. And it was kind of like, yep. <laughs> when you have COVID like, yeah. Oh, okay. And then another year I'm like, Oh, okay. And it's kind of like that. And so, yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I guess it is. I'm sure everyone keeps saying this, but it is our COVID album. So, yeah. And it, it's like, we have so many people ask us how long we've been running specific events. And I'm like, I don't know how to answer that question. Cause it's like, we ran it before COVID and after COVID. Do I count the year that nothing happened? Like, is that, yeah, yeah, exactly. you know, it was exactly. such a, such a weird. Um, and then the other thing that I thought was funny was I was kind of asking you about like the Montreal music scene and since then i've interviewed a lot more bands out of montreal and you guys have like the weirdest music scene up there in like a, a really good way you mm -hmm. know it's like you're kind of like a retro 60s band with a sitar and we've had uh techie techie which is a japanese yep. band based in montreal that does california surf music and it's just like <laughs> it's got to be like so cool up there I mean, what is it about Montreal that kind of has almost like that world music mishmash? Well, historically, Montreal used to be used to be, I say you now, uh, <laughs> a really cheap place to live or a low rents. Uh, it's a big college town. So it was like everyone came here. I mean, like I'm how I'm like 40. I think I'm 46. Oh. I'm 46. So <laughs> okay. I've been I've been doing music stuff in Montreal music scene since I was like 16. 
So it's been 30 years. So I've kind of seen it from the 90s when there was nothing happening. Yeah. Pay to play. Like literally to play a show, you had to pay the venue. Yep. And it was like that. There was not many venues. It was really just kids going to shows. And then there was all like these art galleries, underground things happening. And then trying to build a scene. And then the uh, Arcade Fire thing came along. God's, well, Godspeed before that. And it's just like, I've seen it change so much. And these days I look at, I mean, I've, there's so many bands now and so much, but I don't know. I Like Teke Teke, that, I think the people in that band, I don't know them personally, but I I, they, I think they've been around for a while, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like they're, they're, they're not spring chickens, right? They're like me. Oh, no, I didn't mean it to give that impression. No, it's, it just seems like, so I'm based out of Plymouth, Mass, um, right down the street from Plymouth Rock. And uh, like there's a huge music scene here. But it is very, almost every, you know, there's like 40 bars and restaurants downtown and almost all of them have music, but it's always like the same dudes playing the same cover songs. Mm -hmm. Um, The bands that are kind of popular around here are usually jam bands, Grateful Dead cover bands. Um, and But there's some like bands and and musicians that are under the surface that I'm like, this dude is so much better. Mm Mm-hmm but he's doing originals or, or covers of like, you know, acoustic punk covers and, you know, this band, yeah. and it, it just doesn't seem to get the same attention. And it's just kind of like a little frustrating, you know, where you're like, they should be so much better. They're not better, but more appreciated. Yeah, no, Montreal's, I mean, I think um, Montreal's a very eclectic city, man, like the home of like Leonard Cohen, you know? Yeah. It's, uh, it's it's a mishmash of everything here. I mean, I, I look at the younger bands and there's like great festivals like Pop Montreal, M for Montreal. And then there's the big, more mainstream ones like the Jazz Fest and all that. And then there's fest- like Oceaga and stuff. So there's always so much happening. And yeah, I, I like I don't go to shows anymore, really. It's like <laughs> I'd much rather stay home these days, but I do see what's happening. And I and yeah, there's a lot. A lot of music happening these days and like you said it's pretty eclectic i mean at one point in the 2000s like everything was arcade fire yeah related, and I, I was like no, you don't need <laughs> does not need to have the arcade fireisms in there and it, I, I think it got tired pretty quickly like yeah then we went back to the weird stuff nice uh, I, I mean i love that um so are you guys looking to go on tour next year or I mean, yeah. you said you're not doing, you're not going to shows, but I'm assuming you're still playing shows. Yeah, that's it. I don't go to shows because I play shows. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, we've been, uh, yeah, yeah, we have a lot of touring plans for next year. And it just feels like, like we just did, um, we did a one month European tour where it was like almost sold out every show. It was like, um, we hadn't been back since just before COVID. Actually, that was yeah. the last tour we didn't. It was uh, February 2020 is when we did last tour in Europe. And uh, so we returned just last month or so in September. And uh, we, we didn't have a new record out or anything. And so I didn't know what to expect. And it was every show was packed. So it was, it was nice to see that during that time, uh, people were able to discover us. I mean, because I think during COVID, I was doing like a sacred sound sessions for my my studio here it was like yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. i did I, I did a bunch of those so I, I was staying pretty engaged we kept releasing music and 
I think people have discovered us a bit. I mean, we've been like, I think next year's our 15th anniversary. That's awesome. Congrats. Yeah. Man, yeah. Time, time, time flies by. So, but anyways, all this to say touring's changed. Touring's got a lot more expensive. Um, so yeah, we're definitely, we're, I think, yeah, we announced the U.S. East Coast run for March. Oh yeah. 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 I'll have to see if you're going to come play near me. Well, yeah, we're playing, we're playing, uh, Somerville, Massachusetts. Oh yeah. Yeah. Nice. That's yeah, at, the, at, at the Rockwell, I think. That sounds familiar. Yeah. Um, after, and not to bring it up again, but after COVID, so many places like closed and changed hands. And yeah, I yeah. want to say I've been to the Rockwell when it was called something else. Okay. Under, yeah, no, we have a East Coast run. Then we're, uh, there's talks of going to Australia. Uh, we're going back to Europe and then we're going to go do the U.S. West Coast. Yeah, we have a lot of plans for next year. I'll see, That's awesome. I'll see, I'll see how the album lands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Like we've been releasing singles slowly and the reaction has been great. But when the album comes out, that's where you can really see. Yeah, I was just um, I was just checking out um, the spark. Yeah, super catchy tune. I, I really you, dug yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and then that you released that maybe like four weeks, five weeks ago or something like that. And then a new one just dropped. Um, History repeating. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 It, it, it's such a weird way to market albums now where they're like, oh, you always have to have like a song every couple of weeks. Yeah. Almost yeah. like leading up to the album, um, which we're pretty close in age. And that's, I mean, it used to be like you drop the album, they'd release a video that day and then it would go from there. Is this better? Do you like it better? Is it a pain in the ass? Like, it's uh wow. I mean, yeah, I've been releasing music for so long. I like this. I mean, it's it's kind of back to singles in some ways, but also there's value uh to albums. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean I mean for this album, yeah, that was the thing. I was like, do we just drop the record and kind of just do it that way? Or yeah, the singles thing is just yeah, people I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> I made a record. Um yeah. it's uh, I'm lucky that I feel confident enough in the album that like, I think we're, we're releasing a single every month. And so most of the album will be out by the time the album drops. Yeah. So I, I, I feel I, confident I, enough in the singles that they can carry themselves. And I find I actually, it's funny. Cause like speaking to publicists and people, it's always a letdown. Like you release the album and then that's it. Like, yeah. especially these days, like, People will talk about your record for two days now, and then it's over. And no yeah, and they're on to the next thing. Yeah, they're on yep. to the next thing, and so by kind of releasing singles, you're kind of being like, no, there's there's deeper stuff in here. And the singles like "History Repeating" isn't an obvious single to me, but it had a deep, it was a poignant message in the song, and I felt it was good to get out when we did. Yeah, it, it just in my mind, it's like if you did a painting, and you're like, all right, this month we're going to release the, this six square inches of the painting. <laughs> <laughs> and then next month we're going to release bill, yeah. another six square inches that are not connected to those and because like i tend to think of like albums as is like a, a one work you know um and i don't know if that's just my age speaking but you know like i always thought of that's my favorite album like i always have like the yeah. hot song but there's always like jane's addiction nothing shocking is one of my all-time favorite albums like if you're gonna listen to it, you start to finish. There's something like they all connect in a way, and yeah, and that's interesting about this because uh, people are 
being exposed to this new album as singles, but when the album comes out, it'll it's kind of I'll, I'm repackaging it as something else. It's like uh, uh, the wedding present. I'm a huge wedding present fan. They did a they did a thing back in the '90s where they released a single every month, and then they repack they pack, then they delivered it as an album. So you kind of have a different view of what the mm. album is. Yeah, it's like repurposing content as evergreen content yeah it's <laughs> <laughs> so like i use terms like that my business partner's like ugh, and i'm like what it's like that's you have to have those conversations like you don't have to content like content assets yeah image assets viral content <laughs> <laughs> how do you make a viral video oh my god well, i'll be damned if i know i haven't done that yet so. yeah um but you do have a solid following on on YouTube. I mean, it's do you actively work on growing? Because that's kind of something we've been dabbling in more and more. Mm-hmm. And it's like growing. You can always tell like when you've hit like a new marker and whatever algorithm it is, because all of a sudden you see like a spike in subscribers or a spike yeah. in, in downloads do you actively try to get people to sign up or is it more just like we put it up there and if you find it, you find it. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. Um, I think it's just been in the past year thing. I feel like the dolls moved a bit for us. Yeah. Um, I guess the big thing is Spotify, right? Like that's how you gauge what's happening with the band. And uh, oddly enough, our, our Spotify numbers are better than bands at our level should be. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever that means. It's yeah. like I like things and then going on tour and just I remember I saw that and I was like, oh okay, that's kind of weird. And uh, maybe we got into like this algorithm. And, but is this going to translate to the to live? And yeah. then it, and then I did the European tour and it did translate. So I'm like, okay. And so it's like and then like you said YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, um, all that stuff. It's kind of all hap- moving. I mean, I, I think people value um, consistency and longevity in some ways. Like we've been yeah. doing this, like when we start, we've never been the hot band of the week or anything like that. We've kind of always done what we've done. We keep putting out records. We keep touring and keeping like people know who, like our fans care about us and i care about them like i go to shows after the show i'll go in to mer- the merch table and talk to everybody and i've like i made a conscious effort to do that because if they don't feel especially these days i mean to be able to connect with people it's it's hard right but we're so connected but so disconnected at the same time like people can listen to my music whenever they want but do they feel attachment to it you know and you need to kind of put a face to that and I make the effort for that kind of thing. And that's always been kind of my premise but with this show is like, I don't plan questions. I'm sure I've said this like a hundred times on the show, but I feel like if listeners kind of listen to the show and they'd be like, Oh, he seems like a really cool guy. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go check out his music because I feel like a good number of our listeners is probably the first time unless they went back and listened to the you know past catalog that they've heard of elephant stone. And so, so it's like, cause I know I'm that kind of person where if, if 
I see someone in an interview and I connect with them as a person, then I'm going to become a fan of their work. Then I'm going to follow them. Then I'm going to see what else they've done. You know, to me, that's, I think that kind of personal connection makes me more interested in what they're doing. Yeah. It makes it less disposable, right? There's yeah. depth, there's depth to that kind of connection within, with art. Like if for real art, you kind of like, mind you, if the, if the artist is a horrible human being, that's something different, but you want to, <laughs> you want to appreciate the art, then also appreciate the artist. And I think especially these days that that counts, that, that counts for a lot that it can't just be dispo- disposable art anymore. Well, there's always going to be art like that. Yeah. Like, you know, like I like Dua Lipa. Like, I think she's amazing. Like I, I think her stuff's great. So I, but I put the music on and I enjoy it. But does it bring an emotional connection to me? I'm like, not so much. Right. It's something to you know tap your feet to or sing along to. In yeah, the car. but it's it's and it's great. That kind of art has so much value. Like I love pop music like that. But then there's the deeper stuff that I've mind you. It's also the stuff that I grew up with, and I'm still. Like I'm still like I grew up uh, like teenage fan club. They were my band when I was like 13. Yeah. And to this day, even though I don't love the records as the new records, you know, band can't always be at that same level. Right. Still have a, a deep attachment to them. But they always say that like I read this thing that's like the music. Mind you, this are people that aren't active music listeners. But when you're when you reach a certain age, you kind of just return to the music you listen to when you're a teenager, and that's the music you listen to. If you're not willing to discover, right, and you're and you're one of those people that are always like, oh, there's nothing new that's good, you know, that kind of that kind of BS. Oh god, that that stuff. Any, it's weird. As I've gotten older, like ageism, like most people think of ageism as like being, you know, dis- dismissive of older people. The older I get, I see people are so dismissive of younger people in the yeah. exact same way their parents were. Exactly. And, you know, they're like, these kids are so entitled. And you'd be like, oh, the 13 year old who's had everything done for them every yeah. day of their life. And now you're like, oh, by the way, you need to do all this other stuff. And like, I don't want to. <laughs> no, it's history repeating, man. Yeah. It, 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 <laughs> I, I remember I, uh, you know, I heard it or saw this this conversation. And, and I'm sure I'm going to just have to summarize it because I can't do it word for word. But basically it was this guy saying how like lazy and entitled this new generation is and how they'll never amount to anything and blah 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 like the standard and it was socrates you know it's like it's <laughs> never changed and, never and there's always the new invention um you know when the bicycle came out they're like this is going to lead to promiscuity and you know it, we have we have ai now right that's yeah. the that's the that's the new one yeah, and it's just no matter what it is, the older generation is going to be like, I don't like it because it's new. Yeah. No, and I think uh, that's something I know. I, I intentionally always try to keep an open mind for anything new. And I remember when, when I was younger, I was kind of like, oh, no, that's shit. That's No, that's not good. But now I'm kind of like, oh, there's a lot of value in that that I never would have thought of. And also, it's trying to tame your false ego, right, and be more open to new experiences and things. Yeah, yeah. My 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 other thing is, uh, I know you have kids. My my, I also have kids, and I'm always being like, "Oh, what are you listening to? What are you listening to? Or what band did you go see?" 
And my youngest is like, oh, you know, it's this band called Ghost. And I, I listen to it and I'm like, I just don't think I'm the demographic for this. <laughs> <laughs> because, I mean, they they pull a huge crowd and people love it. Oh, is Ghost the one that wear the mask? Or yeah, the, I mean, they the look Sean... cool. Because there's but... the Sean Lennon one too, right? The Ghost of Sabretooth Tiger and Oh, I don't know that one. No, it's, oh, no? it's the one with like the masks. So yeah, 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 yeah. Those guys. Yeah. They look great. And then I heard the music <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't, I'm not feeling it. <laughs> I'm lucky. My kids, my two, I have three of my, my two youngest are so into Bowie. It's amazing. Oh, I love Bowie. <laughs> my eight year old knows all the words to Moon Age Daydream. Oh uh, yeah. Nice. <laughs> it's, I think I'm, I think it's okay so far. Yeah. The, the band <laughs> that kind of I've been getting back into that is maybe I don't know if it's a regional thing or if it's all over has a surprisingly strong fan base is the talking heads. Oh yeah. Like yeah, I knew yeah. of them, like whatever. And then I was listening, I've had them in the car the other day on, on uh, Spotify and just every one song that came on, I'm like, man, they had a lot of hits. Yeah. It's surprising. They did. Yeah. Yeah. I know that's. And like their legacy has grown so much. And then like, and I've seen it like the young, the younger pe- music scene people. It's yeah. Montreal's like even from the Arcade Fire onwards, it was very talking hits focused. And even really? now, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Montreal has a yeah. We we love our David Byrne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a big thing here. He's kind of local to down here, so I was I wasn't sure if it was a uh, okay. Uh, no, no, the, especially because they just re released Stop. Uh, was it Stop Making Sense? Yeah, their their big concert footage. Oh they, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they yeah, reissued yeah. that recently, so I think that's why that's. Everyone, it's all talking heads all the time now, which I yeah. love. They're great. So. Oh yeah, it's fan, and it was just like in the car. I was just like, man, like every single one of these songs is like a hit. Yeah, and it's a hit. That I know. One where you'd be like, I don't know this one, but it's still pretty good. You know, like I mean, what a great, what a great, great uh, rhythm section. Yeah, like uh, husband wife team. There, Tina Weymouth and Chris. I don't remember the drummer's name, but what a great, solid, funky rhythm section. Yeah, know? all all RISD art students. Yeah. So. <laughs> Um, so we were talking about, you got plans for a big tour. Um, are you currently working on new music? Or are you kind of like just taking a break and, and letting the, oh, no, the I new don't, album kind of, no, I don't take breaks. <laughs> <It's all laughs> um, no, I have, um, so we finished that. Um, um, I've my back catalog, um, my first album, seven C's never got released on vinyl. And then, so I did the 70s came out in 2009, and then the Glass Box EP came out in 2010. Yeah. So I was never happy with the sonics of the Glass Box. Um, so I've gone back and remixed it. And so um, I work with this US label called uh, Little Cloud Records out of Portland. Okay. They're Portland, great. Maine? Uh, or... Yeah, uh, Portland, okay. Uh, Oregon. Oh, okay. And um, like they 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 they've reshoot a lot of the Dandy Warhols records. Great label, uh, Mike that runs it. Great guy. We're, we become close, fast friends. And so he reissued my 2013 self-titled album. That's like kind of our big album. Um, yeah. So we reissued that on vinyl, double gatefold. He's helping with a new record. So we're going through my back catalog. So we're coming out with the Seven Seas Glass Box double vinyl. And then I'm also right now remixing our 2014 album because I was never like, again, the mix with that. Like back then, I, I just didn't know. Like I would go, 
I would have someone mix it and I'd be like, okay, this is good, I guess. Right. Yeah. yeah. If you don't know, you don't know. You just go along with it. Like I figured I made, I already recorded a great record that I think is going to be great. I'll give it a work with somebody that I know that's done great work in the past. And unfortunately the mix only until recently, I realized it's the mix that's not happening. So I've gone back and I've been remixing it. So again, we're going to be, that's vinyl has been out of press. So we're going to reissue that um next year as well and then i have a another band uh called uh mean mean okay m-i-e-n it's it's uh me um alex from the black angels uh tom from the horrors from the london and then john mark um he's in he has a project called old fire so we've we've, we put out a record in 2018 it took us seven years to make like we wow. were just it was like sending yeah. files back and forth between our main band's records so again it's like five years later we're almost at the mixing stage of the new album so i'm gonna be mixing that in, in about a month oh that's cool so I'm, I'm really exercising my mixing chops these days so do, do you like having those kind of because it sounds like mean is kind of like when you're not actively working on elephant stone you're like okay now i have time to work on this do you like kind of having those two projects going simultaneously like me personally i love that kind of thing because i can get really bored sometimes mm -hmm. so i just like to shift gears and it kind of keeps me fresh and going and you know i'll be working on something and i'll be like oh, i'm gonna go write this and then i'm gonna go do this and it just that jumping around keeps my brain busy yeah no because elephant stone for me is all consuming like yeah. I'm always thinking about it, like the, for the writing, recording, everything. It's all like I'm driving that project with me and I can kind of take a passenger seat, you know, and someone else like uh, JM, he's like, everything kind of gets filtered through him. Yeah. Like we send tracks, he sends it back. And so something's always happening. It's not always me. So yeah, I find means been great. And I'm not the singer in mean. I, yeah. I play bass. Alex. Yeah. So it's it's nice. It's really yeah. I think it's a it's a also musically it's much darker and more crot rock than Elephant Stone and less less verse chorus verse chorus bridge kind of structure as less pop than Elephant yeah. Stone. So yeah, it's a nice it's a nice complement to what I do with Elephant Stone. Um, so I was talking earlier that I was I was checking out the the videos, um, the new ones, the Spark, and um, I blanked on the 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 other name of the other one that just came out. Sorry. Uh, repeating. His, yes. Um, how much are you involved in the whole, like making the video process? Is that, is that another fun part of what you do? Or are you just like, Oh, it has to be done or, you know? Yeah. You know? Well, well, I, 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 I've realized that like having visual content is always good and it, it, it gives life to the song. And also like, I, it's funny. I, um, my day job, I work in a music company as well. I'm, I'm like a tech writer there, but speaking to one of the person, someone that's kind of in, in charge of content there. Yeah. Um, she used to work on radio. She's like, I hate music videos. I'm like, really? She's like, yeah, I never watch music videos because it colors my idea of the song. I I could totally see that. Yeah. Sure. And it's funny. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, like I can like, it's happened where I thought a song was okay. Then I watched a video and then I love the song or vice versa. Yeah. I love the song. I saw the video and I'm like, oh. And so, yeah, I'm very conscious. <laughs> I'm just trying not, not to make anything too horrible. But uh, yeah, no, I, like, for, especially for, 
all the videos for the new album. Um, I've been working with uh, Lorraine Jusserin. She, um, great Montreal animator. Um, she actually worked on that hollow movie I mentioned earlier. Yep. Yeah. It was like a 10 minute animated, hol- hol- um, animated film based on the hollow story. It's like the end of times kind of thing. So I've worked with her on that. And so, yeah, just with all these new videos, I've been collaborating with her. Uh, I'll like, I'll have an idea for the video. I'm like for the spark, for instance, I had a super basic thing. Us playing. Yeah. I mean, and that's what it, it's a, such, such a pure video. It's, it's, yeah. It's I know. Playing, you know, yeah. kind of psychedelic visuals, but it's, yeah, and, it's just like how much, like how deep do you want to go? Like I like seeing guys, I like not guys or guys or girls playing instruments yeah. and being along. I'm like, that's great. You know? Yeah. I mean, and the, it's also the kind of video that is not going to cause you to be like, ugh, that, yeah. you know, that ruined that song. Cause you're just like, Oh, they're just playing or, yeah. you know, I've always loved concert, you know, footage and, yep. you know, that kind of stuff is great. Um, in working with um, that animator, whose name I will not try to pronounce. Lorraine <laughs> Jusserin. Sure. <laughs> um, I love kind of that coll- when working in collaboration because it kind of always comes up with ideas that you didn't expect. Was there like a moment where like you're like, oh, this is kind of what I'm thinking, and they came back with something so different that you're like, or or that that's so much better yeah, than what for I was sure. thinking. Uh, well, def- uh, definitely working on the Hollow film was like. I was like, I had an idea. This is the storyline. You create the world. And so she created this whole world. And and then right away, I was like, okay, well, we can work together. And then we've done, we just finished another video for the next single with her as well. And her aesthetic is so great. And taste, like taste goes, counts for everything. Yeah. Skill, skill is one thing, but taste is 100%. Like if you don't have good taste, like, or yeah. no, or you don't have taste that align with each other. Yeah. It's not going to work. It, and it's, I'm I'm gonna say this and it's gonna sound like I'm shitting on them, but I'm not. Is the Sex Pistols not the most skilled musicians in the world? Well, you know, but they made great music. So it, it there's something about whether it's the taste or like you're just your your creative angle that can make up for a lot of work. And then there's people that I know who are amazing artists, but if they're not shown something to draw, yeah, no, it's like you know, the- like I'm friends with uh, the All Allahs, yeah, and uh, it's cool. Like I, I heard the new record, and I'm like, it's different than what they've always done. But I'm like, but they have good taste, yeah, and and the t- and the sounds are there. So it's it's interesting. I just like, I like when art surprises you. And it's not what you expect, and then like I mentioned, Teenage Fan Club, who's always been my favorite band, and just uh, I don't know. Maybe as you get older, your taste changes. Right? Very much so. Yeah. 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 And yeah. so, and I know mine has like, for sure. I, I'm sure we have Elephant Stone fans that like our earlier stuff better than the newer stuff because my, my tastes have modified. Yeah. But it doesn't always align with everybody. Yeah. So the one thing I really like in talking to you specifically is you always refer to your music as your art and you you know, have like a, a movie that it coincides with your music and animation. I feel like you look at it differently as where you're like, it is, it is, I don't know if one piece, but like you, you look at it as an art form and like kind of, 
I don't feel like you look at it just as music. It, I feel like it, there's more to it. Um, yeah, no, is it's, that fair? Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, it's fair. I, I'm uh, like during COVID. Um, it's funny. I was like, I've always like been interested in art history. And I was like, I just, but I've always appreciated visual art, but I didn't really understand. Yeah. To understand where we are, you have to understand where we came from. Right. So I, I, I like, I did, I spent another thing during COVID besides baking sourdough and pizza and stuff. I also like, uh, I also, uh, brushed up on art history. Nice. And so I, I, I gained a lot of insight into visual art and, um, how, and I drew the parallels with that with music as well. And hence mixing and songwriting and the con of contrast to light and dark. And so, yeah, I, I do art is art. So I can appreciate so many different forms of art. And I, I like to think my music isn't not that someone, well, yeah, there's pop music out there that's made to be easily digestible mm -hmm. and, moved on and then passed on. But stuff I make, it means a lot to me and there's depth when I'm creating it in the words and the sounds and in the, in the songs themselves. But yeah, no, definitely like it's the whole package, you know, performing live, the same thing. Uh, it's, it's an art form as well, right? Do, do you like plan, I don't want to say plan out like a stage show, but like, do you think about kind of like what you're going to have on stage? Do you put like you know, we've all seen Kiss perform. Like they have a <laughs> yeah, yeah, huge yeah, yeah. show. You know, yeah. But like, do you do you decorate the stage in different way? Like, because no, it's like on your well, on your level that you're like, okay, if I'm gonna bring a cool couch, that I have to bring a couch. <laughs> you know, yeah. We're not like the 1975. We're bringing our living room or anything. Yeah. But, <laughs> but no, it's like, uh, well, for us, I mean, like, I play the sitar. Yeah. And and how to incorporate that in the live show was always interesting for me for there was a time where i was like oh people define us with a sitar but i don't want to just be that yeah, so yeah. Kind of downplay it but as i've gotten wiser <laughs> with my age i've kind of realized that this is something that not many people are, are exposed to so yeah i mean our live show I mean, I, i've toured with like the black angels and stuff and with crazy projections and so much shit going on i'm like that's all that's amazing yeah. But like, we're just a four-piece band, and we're pretty dynamic musicians, and we have a we have a sitar. Yeah. So it's like it's it. I I always arrange our set list as though it's like a journey. Like it's dark. I walk on stage to the sitar, and I just it's just me and the sitar opening up the show, and it's kind of like this hypnotic thing. And then the band slowly comes on stage and builds upon this drone, and then it just modulates into a song. And then we go off and then we there's peaks and valleys. So it's it's a journey, but we haven't done much. I, I just don't have the time. <laughs> to, yeah. like, it's, it's a very small operation. I mean, when we're touring, I, we used to have a sound guy, but now it's like things. Things are so expensive. Oh, yeah. I mean, and touring crazy. costs and touring is not easy anymore. Not that yeah. it ever was, but it's become a lot harder. So I've kind of pared it down to just the four of us. Like we did Europe for five four weeks just the four of us driving around yeah it's the first time i've ever done that usually we have a driver in europe but i couldn't afford it this time yeah i, did I mean it's got to be such like a commitment like we just ran one of our biggest events ever and we lost a good chunk of change on it and it was just like all right we learned some lessons and and yeah. 
you know, it's, but it's also kind of like trying to keep it in mind being like, well, it costs money to be in business. We learned a lot, but also hopefully we gain some fans that next year when we run this event, they'll be like, oh, I'm definitely going back. And then you build on that. And yeah, no, it's like, like, I, like you said, like I, I see it as art, but I also see it as my job. Yeah. So when I'm, especially when I'm on tour, I, I'm like, it's my job. Like I'm driving the van after the show, the guys will want to go out partying like no problem. I got to sleep because I got to sing and drive and do everything again tomorrow. And so I, I, I take it like, I take it serious enough that I don't want to like, I remember I got sick on tour. And so I was about to, I was, th- I was like, I'm going to have to cancel. Some was this when you brought COVID back to the United States? <laughs> it's, it's all us. Canada. You're not supposed to tell them. <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> but like, I almost canceled some shows in Spain, but then after I was like, no, I can't do this and blah, blah, blah. And it's, yeah, I forgot what the, Point, uh, what, uh, point this, of, the whole I, point of the show is to go off the rails <laughs> <laughs> I, just, uh, I talk a lot but yeah, yeah. no it's um but yeah the live sh- the live show i mean yeah no it's yeah no, it's, it, it's yeah. i can't i can't even imagine i just know because we just work in basically the two states we're like associated with here but like trying to promote a show and sell tickets abroad i just yeah my hat's off to you because that's you know I get stressed out when we're like low ticket sales, you know, two days before an event mm-hmm. and all I have to do is drive an hour, <laughs> you know, <laughs> let alone fly somewhere and stay in hotels. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit of a crap shit. You know, you just have to do your best and yeah. hope for the best. Well, we hope for the best for you guys with this, uh, coming tour, East coast tour. And, uh, well, you said you'll be in, in, uh, Somerville in March. So I'm going to check that out. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Where can our listeners go to find out the rest of your tour dates and get the albums and, you know, all yeah. the promotional oh, elephantstone.ca is the place to be. And, uh, you got, so you do have vinyl, you have some more remasters that you're working on. that will be coming out and the album, uh, back into the dream drops February 23rd, right? Yes, sir. I got the date right this time. <laughs> I fixed my note. Um, but man, thank you for so much for coming back on. It was good to kind of catch up. You no, know? yeah, it was great to chat with you again. Yeah. And uh listeners, we'll be back again uh next week. And like I said, make sure you check out uh Elephant Stone when they come to your town. All right. Thanks, Lanity. Thanks. Take care. And thanks for checking out the show today, listeners. Uh, if you enjoyed the content today, you can go over to patreon.com slash inebriart to support the show. You can join over there for just a few dollars a month and help us provide this fun content that you just checked out. You can also email us at inebriart.com with your questions, complaints, and concerns. Or you can find us on all social medias at inebriart or at inebriart6 on Instagram. And also don't forget to check out our other shows, Bar Talk Podcast, Old Colony Cast, Inebriart, and all the other shows on the Inebriart Network, which you can find at inebriart.com. Thanks again for listening.